podcast listener, even if you are alone in your entrepreneurial journey, know that today, right now in your earbuds, you are joined by thousands of entrepreneurs from all around the globe seeking to grow better, more profitable, location-independent businesses. If you'd like to learn more about what we do and download our entire back catalog, check out tropicalmba.com. All right, everybody, welcome back to the TMBA podcast. I am joined by my co-host, my captain, the boss man. Hola. <laughs> you were giving me so much trouble last night. Oh, we were on. drinking beer, as we do every once in a while, and I wasn't rolling my L's properly. Too. It was not. You know what? Australia. <laughs> Is that right? Come on. I practiced all night. Is that right? Dude, come on. I, I'm moving on from this. What I want to talk about today, first off. I want to give a big double shout to everybody who filled out the TMBA survey and not just a, hey, thanks for doing this sort of thing. But honestly, like we read through all of these notes. Now we've started some email correspondences with many listeners of this show. The kind of uh, like sort of blood, sweat and tears that the audience puts into this show as well by coming to events, by responding to surveys like this, by sharing personal stories of their successes and what their family's up to and stuff. Super touching. The whole team's reading this stuff. There's 11 of us that work at this company, you know, and there's a whole team behind the podcast, and we're all taking a look at what you've had to say to us. We appreciate it. So big shout to all y'all out there listening to the TMBA podcast. We appreciate it. Today's show, in fact, was a request, a listener request. We talk a lot about founder fit, this idea that it might not all be you, that it might be just a matter of having to change the sort of business you're running rather than change you or change your approach to business or whatever. We've seen it many times personally, and that's why we bring it up so many times. It's like, man, that person is really talented. That person has a lot of secret weapons. That person has a lot of profitable skills. They're just not in the right situation. Just shake it up, find a new situation. That's what today's episode is going to be all about. You had a pretty good idea, I thought, Dan, that you shared before we started the show about a puzzle piece. Yeah. And the idea is that we are all puzzle pieces oh with our weird shapes, colors, sizes. Yeah, okay. And a lot of times what we try and do is we try and take our unique puzzle piece and we try and plug it in to an existing puzzle. Yeah. And for the people that we're going to talk about today, you, listener, entrepreneur, unique snowflake individual, a lot mm. of times that doesn't work. And so I think what might be happening or what you might want to do is take your unique puzzle piece and try and build other pieces around it instead of plugging yeah, yourself into a system. that's what being an entrepreneur is. And that's why I brought it up because I was like, I don't want this founder fit idea to give the false metaphor that what we're looking for is to like plug you into something that already exists. Right. The key idea is that you find yourself in a situation where you're inspired to build out the picture, to build out the system, to build out the game that you want to play. Maybe it's not a puzzle. Maybe your piece ends up being a 3D thing or whatever. As an entrepreneur, your place in the world is the one that you feel confident making decisions, where you feel confident being creative, where you feel confident moving forward in the world and, and sort of seeing your own unique vision. And a lot of times when you find yourself in a bad situation, those things can be held back and suppressed one way or another. Let's use a parallel example we use all the time on this show, the National Basketball Association. You can have a player with all the greatest talents in the world. They could be a good dribbler, a good passer. They could dunk the ball all over your face. But the moment you put them on a different team, say Russell Westbrook, 
former MVP of the league. Say you put him on a team. He's an all-time ball hog. That can be a good thing when you're the only ball hog on the team. Now, all of a sudden, he's on the team with another all-time ball hog in James Harden. And the problem with this is, is uh, as far as I understand basketball, and I don't know much, but my understanding is there's only one ball. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> there's only one ball on the court. So how can you have two ball hogs? But the same thing is true in entrepreneurship. The problems we're trying to solve might not all be internal. They might not be about mindset or your attitude or what happened when you were growing up. It might just be that you found yourself in a bad situation. So today's episode is designed to share some stories we've seen. We're going to do it in the form of four archetypes of entrepreneurs. We're going to talk about their secret weapons and the sorts of situations that can help them get entrepreneurial momentum. So Ian, the first universal character is Lone Wolf Lenny. I got a wolf on my property, Dan. And let me tell you, this guy, he is slender, like the skinniest dog you've ever seen. Mm -hmm. And he trots. He's like in perpetual motion. And he's stalking all the neighborhood cats, I would imagine. (laughs) So the secret weapon of the Lone Wolf is that they have a profitable skill set. And that they've realized that they don't need to outsource the selling of that profitable skill set to others. For example, this wolf, not once would I imagine he's asked anyone else to hunt for him. (laughs) And he is probably a very good hunter because he's still around. The idea of this magic secret power is that you realize that not only is the sort of skill that you've been doing professionally incredibly valuable, but that you can convince other people that it's valuable too. And this moment, often signified by putting a buy now button up on a website and seeing somebody send you money, no matter if it's 25 bucks or $2,500, this can be the moment that the lone wolf starts to shine. The lone wolf often will be in a job situation and they'll be doing something profitable for a company And they'll be sort of outsourcing the selling. Maybe the lone wolf suspects that if they get fired, it wouldn't be such a big deal because they could go into any boss's office and convince them, based on their profitable skill set and their ability to hunt, that I can convince this boss to basically hire me. Yeah. And that's the secret weapon. The moment you realize you're a hunter, then all of a sudden you're just a shingle away from potentially having a profitable lifestyle business. It's often the lone wolf that's stuck in a job. And the situation that needs to change is instead of selling your coworkers or selling a boss to hire you, you just transfer that skill set directly onto clients, customers, or fans. So Ian, let's talk about then how the lone wolf can activate their secret weapon, which ultimately this one at its core, the gearing is so direct. It's such a powerful feeling. And I know that the secret weapon is latent in so many listeners, which is you can go out and make a living selling the product of your skills like this weekend. And that's why we always talk about the business model related most directly to the Lone Wolf Lenny is productized services. And we've done over 10 episodes, many, many interviews. We'll link to a whole page we have of how productized services can play directly into this secret weapon of being able to go out and sell And if you're thinking that this might be your archetype, some great books to read would be The Ultimate Sales Machine or Spin Selling. These books themselves are so powerful. They are the levers that unlock 
cash flows. And if you're able to sell your profitable skill set, you're in business. It's just that simple. Next up. Since we're in Spain, our next archetype we will call Industry Ignacio. There wasn't an L in there. If there was, I would try and roll it. <laughs> All right. So Industry Ignacio, the basic description of Industry Ignacio is that he works his way up in industry hierarchy and then branches off once he's gained enough cachet, enough power, enough insight in that industry. And their secret weapon is being respected by power. This is a little bit different from being likable, being friendly, being like the well-respected person in the office place. Industry Ignacio understands the true power brokers and understands how to get the respect from them. I think Industry Ignacio also understands the systems pretty well. So it's like, these are the systems at play that create this product or create this service. I'm already doing this. I have the confidence to go out and do it for myself. Right. It's an enormous secret weapon to be friendly, to be liked, loved, and sell, like to get people on board with your products and all this kind of stuff. But Industry Ignacio, that's not their secret weapon. That's not the type of persona that they have. Instead, like what you're saying, they see levers. They see people with their hands on levers. They see the systems behind the people with their hands on the levers. And that's its own secret power. One of the ways you can ignite the secret power is you can rip, pivot, and jam. You can take an idea that's already working that you already have power in. You can pivot it towards a new industry, a new style of doing that business, and you can jam it. Jam means work hard. Jam means like work really hard to get that product or that business or service launched. But the idea is that it's not about, you know, going out and hunting, convincing people to, to pay you the money or whatever. It's about seeing an existing system that's working, changing it a little bit, and then running with it. Right. And typically, you know, this approach is going to take a little bit more time than a lone wolf type approach because, you know, to peel back the layers of power and of how systems work and, and to build the trust of power, maybe it's not the like, but the trust in the actual relationship it can take some time. So you might ask yourself, if you're industry Ignacio, do you hang out with them? Do they respect you in a way that they invite you to the conversations that are most important to the company? That's an interesting heuristic for this path to success. It is not critical to success. But if your secret power is being respected by power, I think that this is an approach that can work particularly well. The resources that I think dovetail nicely with this. How to win friends and influence people, a classic. Start with the why as well. Yeah, Simon Sinek. Today's episode is sponsored by ShipHero.com. Thank you, ShipHero. Hey, they handle more Shopify third-party fulfillment orders than any other provider. If you run a Shopify store, if you're thinking about it, you basically need to be a warehouse operations genius, constantly sorting inventory, fulfillment, and shipping, rather than doing what you're supposed to do, the entrepreneur running your business. And add to that, we all know your customers want their order tomorrow. So let Ship Hero help. They have created a solution called Ship Hero Fulfillment. And get this, they will both handle your inventory and ship your orders on your behalf. 
They have warehouses throughout the United States and provide easy, transparent, fixed pricing and get this with no minimums or setup fees. So even if you're just starting out or if your store is already there, ShipHero can help you ship at any volume level and it only takes seconds to get started. Simply connect your Shopify store to ShipHero and boom, you're halfway there. They have an easy to use dashboard to help you manage your products and view your shipments. So if you run a Shopify store and want to test it out, these folks are so confident you'll love their service. This is a total no-brainer that they are offering TMBA listeners, that's you, $100 to try ShipHero. So head on over to fulfillment.shiphero.com slash TMBA and sign up using the code TMBA. As a bonus, their team is on hand to answer any questions you have. That's right. ShipHero handles millions of orders a month and they really know their stuff. So check them out. ShipHero.com. That link again is fulfillment.shiphero.com slash TMBA. So the third archetype we're going to talk about is Passion Patricia. So the idea behind Passion Patricia, and you might start to get a sense for why certain archetypes, if they're in the wrong situation, it's not going to work quite right for them. So Passion Patricia's secret weapon is her industrious drive. You see this in a lot of people that have a drive towards a specific mode of creation. You could see technologists, artists, authors. You could even say, if you're being very generous, like Instagram influencers. Professional or pe- pe- surfer. Yes. Somebody that strives for excellence, I think, in whatever their art or their passion is. They're willing to take it to the limit, and they're not willing to compromise on it. Like, there's not a lot of professional surfers out there, but, like, the people that become professional surfers, like, that's what they do. They go after it, they become it, and they are it. It's almost like like a lot of the the other two archetypes that we brought up. There's a lot of consciousness towards relationships. In the case of the lone wolf, it's about who can you hunt, essentially. In the case of Industry Ignacio, it's how can you seat yourself in power. In the case of uh, Passion Patricia, she is earning her power and her success by focusing on the object itself. And so I would even, like, in the ways in which you'd hear Steve Jobs talk about, like, I would put him in this category where it's sort of like he was a Passion Patricia because he just knew that the OS needed to change or he knew that the personal desktop needed to change. And it was all about that object of, like, I'm going to be the best computer designer in the world and like i'm going to be industrious about it i'm not going to be clueless about it right i'm i'm going to try to monetize it along the way you see this with all these famous youtubers like creating a mission out of their life and stuff it's like i'm going to be like there's this guy named phil guyman who goes around and rides his bike and tries to take king of the mountains like he tries to be the fastest guy up all these mountains all around the world that are famous for cyclists and it's like he doesn't need to be a power broker. He doesn't need to go out and sell things. He's so passionate about this idea of bike riding that he's just going to do it 100% and he's going to be industrious and thoughtful about it as he goes along the way. If you find yourself to be a passion Patricia and you're trying to figure out like how to put together a, a sales pitch deck and how to get you know the right kinds of customers through the funnel and this kind of thing, you might feel like entrepreneurship's not for you. You might feel like you're having trouble getting traction because what you really want to be doing 
is going out there and like focusing on the object 100%. It's the guy on YouTube and he's got a channel. It's called Primitive Technology. And he goes out into the woods and he like shows everybody like how to build huts and structures and pots and bow and arrows and things like this. I've been watching that channel forever. And I think it's like only recently has he got off the dot WordPress yeah. on the bottom of the screen. You know, this guy has like millions of followers. And he's like dot WordPress dot org or whatever, you know. <laughs> When I saw that, like, I'm sure everyone's writing this guy be like, dude, I can, I can show you how to like build your business into something real and like get rid of this dot WordPress thing and all this stuff. And he just kept it. So I'm imagining like this guy is just like 100% focused on the mission of teaching people through video how to make these structures. And I think that that's super cool. Now that I'm thinking about all these entrepreneurs that I know that maybe fit into these archetypes or share multiple things. I mean, a lot of you out there listening to this might say, man, I have a few of those secret weapons. And, and you probably do. And the point of this episode is that you got to engage them. And coming back to the original metaphor is finding yourself in a position where you feel comfortable building out the pieces of the puzzle around you rather than figuring out where you fit in. That's the work of entrepreneurship. Like Once you make that flip, once you start producing the pieces rather than consuming and observing the pieces, you are an entrepreneur effectively and also saving your money and not spending too much of it. That's another thing. <laughs> But, you know, you brought it up just right there with it's easy for an observer to say, oh, you should have a better website. But as the puzzle piece maker yourself, like, you know what you need to make. And that's all that counts. That's being an entrepreneur. A business model or a situation that Passion Patricia can leverage quite well is uh, something we like to call 100 true customers. So 100 true customers is like a way of thinking about how you can cash flow your own lifestyle business. 100 true customers are customers that'll pay you, say, $500 to $1,000 a year to participate in the art you create, the entertainment you create, whatever it is. There's a lot of passion patricians out there doing like 100 true customers business models. And we have an episode called 1,000 True Fans, 100 True Customers, 10 True Clients, which is a concept that we uh, ought to revisit just a little bit more. But essentially... It's about like napkin mathing, how you can fund a lifestyle business. So a thousand true fans will pay you a hundred dollars a year and that's a hundred thousand dollars a year. It ain't riches, but it ain't bad kind of thing. And then you got a hundred true customers. They're sort of somewhere in the middle, say like between two and 700 bucks a year. And you do that math. And then as you, you go down sort of the business model funnel, you could get yourself to a place where you have a 10 true clients business, which is 10 clients paying you $10,000 a year. Yeah, it's almost like in this model that the customers are the same as Patricia, whereas they're like as passionate as Patricia is, but maybe not the creative that right. Patricia is. This is why you wouldn't go to Patricia and say you should do 10 true clients because 10 true clients are more, that's going to be a lone wolf business model. Whereas you're right, like the further you get to like a thousand true fans... They're more like Patricia. They're just so passionate. It's like, Patricia, I like love watching your videos. Like, here's $100 a year just yep. to do it. You know, that's rad. The uh, books that would appeal or be resources if you get a sense that this is your secret weapon, which is that industrious drive, check out The One Thing, Essentialism, and Anything You Want. Already in our final archetype, someone we are going to call Vision. Vlad. Vision Vladimir. By the way, a name that should be brought back, I think. Yeah, more people it's should be called name. Vladimir. The secret weapon of Vision Vladimir is, it's in the name, Vlad can see the future. And there's elements that are connected a little bit to this. So 
Vlad doesn't mind being a little bit disagreeable. Like the secret weapon might be something that some people would look at as a negative and might actually be a negative if you're in a different business model or a different situation. Vlad isn't always a part of the project of making sure that everybody feels good about him or what he's doing. Vlad is often a tinker. I think Vlad has like a lot of different projects going on. But in a way that like you're like, oh, Bitcoin, what's that? Is that really going to work out? And Vlad's like telling you at the dinner table, like, dude, this is the most amazing thing ever. And this is at like $40 or maybe even less, like a dollar a share of Bitcoin. Like, Well, I think that's, that's an important thing because when I think to the Vlads that I know in my life, they're not often talking at the dinner table that way because they're not seeking validation for the sorts of experiments that they're running. They're actually focused on the future. Whereas Passion Patricia is like building the future Vlad is like putting the testers out to figure out what that might be. The reason we bring up these archetypes and again, is so much, you could say like, oh, win friends and influence people, like being respected and being liked and like being able to lead people. We've even said stuff like this on this podcast. Being able to lead people is critical to being an entrepreneur. No, it ain't. There's plenty of people that cannot lead people that people don't particularly like that sell a lot of stuff make things that are amazing and are super successful entrepreneurs. And that's part of the goal of this episode is to suggest there's so many different ways to be in the world. There's so many different ways to be profitable in business. If you believe that and can find a better situation for yourself, you could start to build out your own puzzle. And Vlad's, the Vlad's of the world are building out their puzzles by hanging out on the corners of the internet, by experimenting with weird things, by going into the dynamite circle and posting experiments about like they they have a bot over here or or they made a new business so on the weekend doing this over here and it's not about hey respect what i'm doing or i'm a leader or this it's like i'm trying to figure out something true about the future and that's that's my secret weapon i think this is true also of vlad dan is that vlad isn't necessarily trying to create the future as much as vlad's trying to predict the future I think a lot of people, they like try and work uphill, right? It's like, I'm going to create this future that doesn't right, exist like yet. This app is going to do this and that. And That's not Vlad. Vlad is like actually a future seeker, not necessarily a future creator. Yeah, fair enough. And the business model, I think that Vlad employs would be something close to the barbell strategy by Nassim Taleb. And the idea of that is, you know, you do everything you can to avoid ruin, you know, so you don't place all of your eggs in one basket until you know that that basket is truly robust. And instead, what you do is you stay in the game and you continue to run experiments until you find something that really is going to represent the future and be profitable. You totally nerd out. I think that that is something like really digging in, in a kind of a way that Patricia is as well, but in a different direction in that you're taking the temperature rather than building the future as Patricia would. So in that sense, like a lot of people that are making like the next killer app are more like in the Patricia category, whereas Patricia is like defining the future and scratching her own itch as she goes along, whereas Vlad is more like putting a thermometer in the turkey and trying to figure out what's going to happen. And the books, I think uh, Anti-Fragile by Nassim Taleb mm -hmm. is, a, is a good book, as well as Weird Forums. I just felt like Vlad is the sort of person who's finding sub-communities that are doing interesting things and going around and, and checking out what's up. All right, so to recap our four archetypes for today, and of course there's many others, Lone Wolf Lenny, whose secret weapon is the profitable skill set in hunting, Industry Ignacio, whose secret weapon 
is being respected by power. Passion Patricia, whose secret weapon is her industrious drive. And of course, Vision Vlad, whose secret weapon is that he can see the future. He doesn't mind being disagreeable or misunderstood by other people. Anyway, like any good puzzle maker, any good game maker, we encourage you to make your own game, make your own persona, but at the core of it, find your secret power, what makes you tick. We encourage you to go for it. You know, one of the things that's interesting, I want to ask you another question. There is a lot of survivor's bias in the entrepreneurship community, which is to suggest that we're going to create these categories based on people that we've seen that have had success, and we're not going to create the categories based on the people who failed. But we have known a lot of people who've decided not to be entrepreneurs for whatever reason. I'm curious, have you ever met anybody who's regretted going into entrepreneurship? I think that I have for sure. I mean, I think I've met people that have had 10, 15, 20-year careers in entrepreneurship, like tons of ups and downs, tons of highs and lows. And they've looked back and thought like, wow, if I average out the amount of money that I've made, it's similar to just having a job. And like, I could have had constant health care and I could have been like a lot less stressed out. I've heard out. people say that, but I've never heard that same person say, I wish I would have just kept a job. I think that that's implied in the response that it might've been just easier if I just had a job, but... But they didn't want easy, right? They didn't want easy, but then also, you know, you're forgetting about all the good things that probably happened along the way too, which is I woke up at 11 a.m. on a Thursday. I got to go to my spin class, you know, these types of things. But also if you think about like what Lenny, Ignacio, Patricia, and Vlad are all doing is what's synonymous across the board is this idea of passion, of learning, of taking on projects and executing on them. And it's very rare that you do those sorts of things in life and then look back and say, oh, I wish I would have just done what someone told me to do or whatever, fallen into line. Now, some people might do all those things and say, I've chosen to go back into the ranks, but I'm doing it with a different mindset now. I'm doing it with a different perspective and I'm choosing in a way that I might not have chosen before. Jumping in entrepreneurship and figuring out which strategy or approach you're going to take is a terribly scary thing. But sometimes you can just let your personality guide you or like who you are or what puzzle piece you are guide you, right? And I think that's one of the, hopefully the merits of this episode is you might have like recognized yourself in one of these archetypes and thought like, hey, yeah, that's kind of me. Like no reason to change. Like I'll build some puzzle pieces around me and I'm going to go for it. Go for it. That's what we're hoping to uh, encourage some of you out there. You have a lot to offer the world. We'd love to see it. And before we go, speaking of offering to the world, one of the unique puzzle pieces you've designed is a little something we used to call rap and reviews. That's right. But going forward, we're going to call it rock and reviews. But just to confuse everybody, <laughs> we're going to have a rap song today. <laughs> Here's the deal is I still listen to a lot of rap, Dan, but probably not as much rap as I do rock. And mm-hmm. I think it's time to introduce some rock songs. But let's play one last rap song because... According to the TNBA survey, this is one of the more popular sections. It's a popular segment. Dan, this is from the ASAP Rocky album Testing. The song is Tony Tone. Uh, my mic sounds nice, check one. My mic uh-huh. sounds nice, check yeah, yeah. two. Yeah, yeah. Testing uh-huh. one, two, one, two. Yeah, yeah. Let's go. Now, Ian, before I read this amazing review over this fine rap song that you have selected, I got to say that I logged into iTunes 
We have not been reviewed with words since January 16th, 2019, if my computer's working correctly. I don't know if that's because people are listening on Spotify or Stitcher, but I suspect it's because there's no more rap and reviews. There's no more incentive for people to go and review this pod, so we appreciate it. The last review was left by N. Light Me, who leaves five stars. Thank you. Says, I love this podcast. These guys are so awesome. Can't say I don't agree with that. They hit all the points that I find relevant. Their interviews are my favorite because they ask the best questions. That's right. If you are an entrepreneur or looking for help, please listen to this podcast. Thank you so much for your review. It's like opening a birthday card, Dan. It's the best. A couple other things. I was listening to the Empire Flippers podcast the other day. They gave a big shout out to Dynamite Jobs. Co. They said we're getting serious about it. Absolutely true. We are over 125 placements as the recording of this pod. If you're looking to become a freelancer, make some extra money online. If you're looking to get a part-time, full-time, remote job, live and work anywhere you want, or you want to hire somebody, check out Dynamite Jobs. Thanks for the shout out, Empire Flippers. I want to give a big shout out to Rian over at agentivity.com for hosting DCX Budapest as well. Of course, we've got over 10 DCX, that's member-run events this year globally all around the world. In fact, we have a whole European tour over the summer, something Rihanna suggested that we create like more of a sort of a thing around next year. Like, why wouldn't you go to all the European events and try to collect all the stars, so to speak? Maybe someday we'll do a whole episode about this phenomenon that's happening behind this show. Hundreds of listeners to this show meeting up in some of the most energetic, cool, beautiful cities in the world to meet with each other and share ideas. And it's all down to the hosts that put so much energy and time for no compensation other than the sense of community that they get for hanging around with other amazing people and being a part of that. We appreciate it so much. So it's absolutely this incredible thing that's going on behind the show, a story we should tell more often on the show. But that's it. All right, back to work. Thank you for joining us. We'll be back as always next Thursday morning, 8 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Hey, thanks for listening to the Tropical MBA podcast. You can go to tropicalmba.com, get access to hundreds of back episodes and all kinds of other goodies. Load up your iPod. That is the cheapest way to fly business class on your next international flight. We will see you next Thursday morning, 8 a.m. Eastern Standard Time.